Hey y'all, it's me, Ed Carvajal. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. I cover the sport of mixed martial arts for SureDog.com, MMANews.com, and MyMMANews.com. Um, Happy New Year. This is the first one of 2020 that I'm recording. I figured I'd just, uh, I just finished watching the UFC 246 press conference with Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, they were the only two in attendance. Dana White was the moderator. Um, lots to, to take from it. Uh, I'll, I'll say the first, having been in Vegas when uh, McGregor fought there, uh, I was there for UFC 189 when he fought Chad Mendez. Um, uh, you can see that his fan base is there. You could hear that his fan base is there. So... If folks, uh, a lot of chatter, if you go on Twitter right now, there's a lot of folks that are addressing uh, the chap, uh, I think his name was Michael Chapman, that asked the question about Conor McGregor's sexual assault allegations, and he got booed and stuff like that, but I mean, that's what happens at a McGregor fight week. All this other, any other negative opinions or whatever you have, it just leaves, and and I'm not saying that that's cool or whatever it is, I'm I'm just trying to... Um, if you haven't been present during a fight week, especially in Las Vegas, um, for a Conor McGregor event, then that's just something, that's just something to expect. Um, you know, I'm not like for or against what the guy was asking. Um, overall, it seemed like they were trying to, uh, project the vibe of, um, we're just two competitors who uh, who are coming off of losses and we're just looking to get it on, put on a good show, put on a good fight, and one of us is going to get back in the win column. And, um, you know, I've been following the sport for a long time. So for me, that is enough. I am going to watch it. I mean, obviously, it's it's part of my my work to watch it. So um doesn't have to be sold to me. I mean, I've, I've watched every single pay-per-view since I started covering the sport in 2014. Haven't missed a one. So... That being said, um, my uh, watching their their body language, I would say between the two of them. Excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting over a cold. So between the two of them, I found McGregor uh, to it, he was being nice. I don't want to say it was a performance or, or forced. Um, it looked like he wanted to pop off a little bit. If you watch the press conference, it was streamed on YouTube, or if you have Fight Pass, you can see it on Fight Pass. I'm pretty sure they probably showed it on ESPN too. But um, either way, uh, the UFC's YouTube channel just finished streaming the uh, press conference. Look at it and pay attention to McGregor when he's not speaking, when a question is being asked, or when someone else is speaking. He's he's wringing his hands, um, and uh, you know, almost like. Gable gripping his hands together almost as if to hold himself back. So I don't know if he really wanted to pop off. Um, I also, and I just put out the tweet too, because, uh, you know, again, I just finished watching it. I'm absorbing it. I think, um, not for nothing, uh, if if you're someone that trains in martial arts and, and anyone that's practiced any sort of competition especially when it relates to combat sports whether you've been boxing or wrestling or or what have you i mean you know um that when you do lose uh there is a humbleness that comes with losing 
that's part of the lesson of losing and then you learn to improve and maybe change some things so maybe mcgregor uh i mean mcgregor lost badly to habib Nurmagomedov um the last time he fought in the cage so perhaps that's something that um you know that that's we're seeing now you know maybe he's seeing that okay maybe i don't need to go overboard with attacking folks and making comments and this that and the other because i mean if i lose it'll come back to haunt me and obviously it, it did in more ways than one against khabib you know i mean mcgregor's legacy quote-unquote legacies uh like might be in jeopardy this weekend if he loses again you know he went and did the boxing thing and lost or whatever whatever but even still he's a polarizing figure it looks like he still brought a lot of fans into vegas um i saw that the the numbers if you guys follow jedi goldman on on twitter he's he's a random stat he puts out a lot of random stats uh for various things a lot of mma stuff um and uh this was probably the peak it was like 193,000 people watched the stream on youtube which is the lowest of all the like youtube uh stream press conferences that included mcgregor um so there's been a lot of talk about not enough buzz maybe there's not enough people interested um but uh I mean, I, I see it and I don't. I mean, I, I think more folks are, are, are in likely to watch it, um, you know, tune in to watch it, uh, you know, gather some friends together. I'll know when I walk in. Uh, I'm used to having to, to make uh, earlier plans to watch a UFC event just to secure a spot if I'm going to go to a bar that's showing it or something like that. So... Um, maybe I don't have to go so early. We'll see. I mean, well, obviously when saturday comes and goes um we'll we'll know for sure what the uh, mcgregor effect is or if it's still even a thing so that that's pretty much where i'm at with that but um yeah if you haven't seen ufc uh i wrote a couple of pieces already submitted my picks uh today to both sure dog and uh mmanews.com so those will be published uh usually we put uh, Sure Dog likes to put, post them on Fight Night, and MMAnews.com publishes them um, usually right after weigh-ins because we like to make sure that uh, all the fights stay intact. Um, if you hadn't, uh, they did lose a fight on the undercard, Drew Dober uh, and uh, uh, Grant. Uh, I'm sorry, his name escapes me. Uh, someone had an USADA violation, so that's why that fight was pulled um, yesterday or today's wednesday so uh, yeah yesterday they lost that fight but that was on the undercard it would have been on the espn broadcast just before the pay-per-view so that's where we're at um if you uh listen to the podcast that i do weekly uh coast to coast combat hour with uh, matthew hawkins um the stream is up over on on the blogboard jungle youtube channel and uh that is also a podcast on anchor so if you want to check out the picks um that we made for the card uh by all means check out subscribe like and follow coast to coast combat hour um i've been doing editorials for every single pay-per-view for a little while now and they seem to be doing well uh it's seven takeaways from every single pay-per-view event so if you go to mmanews.com you can see the last one and and i've already started uh finding things to take away from ufc 246 currently uh we're experimenting with another editorial uh it's uh like five fights to watch um 
card like this, we kind of got into the discussion how uh, the whole the main event is kind of drawing away from all these other guys on the card. I mean, uh, uh, Diego Ferreira and Anthony Pettis are fighting on this card. That should be uh, uh, that's going to be an interesting fight to watch. Diego Ferreira's on a five fight win streak. Pettis is coming off that loss to Nate Diaz, so I honestly feel like that might be a barn burner just because Pettis doesn't like to stay on a, on a loss. Or collect them one after the other. And Fajeda is obviously riding that five fight win streak. He's probably looking to make a name for himself. Um, so he's actually two. I think he's two years older than Pettis too. So it should, it should be an interesting fight. I believe that's a main card opener. Um, build as the co-main event. Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington. It's not the first time they fought. Um, Holm won the last fight. I forget the event. It's a, a while ago, though, and both ladies have evolved a lot since then. Um, Pennington lost a split decision to home, so that should tell you something about Saturday night and their rematch. I, I honestly think if, if we look at how fighters evolve, Pennington may or may not pull this off. I'm leaning to her evolving more, so I've actually picked her to win, likely by decision. I think there's going to be a lot of decisions on the main portion of the card, which would not, you know, uh, unless the fights are, are great, decisions can be boring, but I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to take away from that. Uh, Alexi Olenek and uh, Maurice Green are also on, on the main paper, pay-per-view portion of the card. Um, Olenek's the guy that does the no-gi Ezekiel. Uh, if you guys remember, he did that uh, a couple times in the UFC. And once at every every weekend, he does it. If you train at all in grappling, everyone tries to do it in class the following week. But um, he's 43 years old, and he's fighting a, a much younger Maurice Green, who might uh, just take it to him. And uh, you know, 43 is old for for fighting. And uh, you know, uh, as me in my 40s, I I, I mean, I, I train, but I don't. Uh, I wouldn't even think about fighting now. I mean, that's definitely a young man sport. So uh, I would, that fight, I, I can't help but lean towards the younger guy. So, and obviously the main event, if you want to know who my pick is, um, I've put it on social media. I said it on the on the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. It's what I submitted to both SureDog and MMANews.com. My prediction is I think, even though Cerrone is saying he's going to try to engage Connor on the feet, my prediction is um well before i say it let me just say this one thing and, and i sorry to tease you with that but um just because connor's coming off a loss hasn't been away i don't think he's a, a complete you know the odds makers have him as a favorite and um if you listen to that podcast i recorded with matt last night he actually gives an explanation of how um, the odds makers are coming up with the odds and, you know, because of how these casinos would have to pay out if things were the other way. So that kind of helped me understand a little bit. But McGregor's a favorite for some odd reason. And both men are coming off of losses. Um, I'm wondering if, if the odds maker had it, have it in McGregor's favor because uh, Cerrone is coming off of two versus McGregor's one in MMA because, uh, you know, the other, his other losses in boxing with Mayweather back in 2017, which is already three years ago now. So, um, and uh, Cerrone's losses are, are, you know, I mean, I think Cerrone was probably too busy, which is why his losses racked up like that. I think he's done that in the past. He's actually lost more than two in a row in the past. Something Dana White commented on that folks are not giving Cowboy Cerrone his credit. Uh, you know, the, this this um, 
this thing of anywhere, anytime uh, fighting so frequently. You know, the older these guys get, the the harder it's going to be to do that. And as much as he loves fighting and, and shows up, that doesn't mean he's always 100% when he does it. So, um, early in the fight, during the maybe the first and second round, if, if they do... If, McG- if uh, Cerrone does try to test McGregor on the feet and McGregor does swing for the fences as he's known to do, he does stand a very good chance of dropping Cerrone, possibly getting the fight stopped. Um, when uh, Cerrone spoke with Brett Akimoto at ESPN, Akimoto asked him, uh, you know, he said he was a slow starter and Cerrone agreed with him. So that probably won't work in his favor in a fight like this. So... Um, my thing is this, uh, if McGregor can't finish him in the first three rounds, when the championship rounds come, even though there's no title on the line, but they are doing a five-round fight, um, if uh, in the later rounds, you know, McGregor fades in the later rounds, I, I think Cerrone may just say, okay, maybe it's time to grapple now, because Cerrone is probably the superior grappler compared to the two. Um, a lot of people try to say Connor's grappling sucks, but it really doesn't suck. He does, he has pulled off some nice uh, sweeps and stuff. Uh, Connor's grappling—I want to say Connor's jujitsu—it's not so much for submission and finishes uh, as it is to get back to his feet to work, to work on his strikes and ground and pound or whatever, he, wherever he feels strong. Um, Tyrone's got a reach advantage, uh, height advantage, but uh, you know, so did Nate Diaz, and Connor was able to clip him. Two, um, even though Nate said that, that that was trying to get him in the guard or, or, or what have you, but you know only only you know they both know what the what the truth is. So so we'll find out the truth on Saturday. But so I said all that just to get to my pick. My pick for the main event UFC 246 is Donald Cerrone by submission, probably in the fourth round. Um, if, if uh, he doesn't take any serious damage from for McGregor. Um, if you watch this press conference, McGregor said that he, he reads Cerrone like a book. But if you watch, uh, a lot of people watch all the McGregor-related stuff. Nobody watches Cerrone's interview. I watch everything. So the interview with Akimoto was very telling because uh, if you listen to uh, Akimoto's questions uh, as far as Cerrone and how he views Moret, McGregor, he, he reads him too. He does know that Connor puts a lot behind all his punches and strikes because he wants those early finishes. People are making note of McGregor's size at 170. He's shredded. He's big at 170. Um, but, you know, muscles, bigger muscles usually need a lot of air. And I think that's why McGregor has been known to, uh, you know, fade when fights go 20, 20 some odd minute, minutes. And I'm using that time because that's about the the same time as a five round MMA fight, and uh, about as long as he lasted with Floyd Mayweather, where he he himself said he gets loopy in the later rounds. I think that was ten rounds because those were two minute rounds. So, a lot to think about. So, but yeah, so my pick is a Cerrone by submission, uh, Pennington by decision, uh, Maurice TKO or De- Maurice Green uh, over Alexi Olenek by decision or TKO um, uh, Pettis and Fajera that's that's the one that's really hard to pick I'm picking Pettis just because I know he uses the loss 
for motivation to win. So, but I, I feel like I'm missing a fight there. Um, I don't know why I can't think of it. But anyway, that's that. Happy New Year. Um, if you hadn't watched, uh, I covered the PFL last day of 2019. That uh, the post fight presser and the uh, Rory McDonald media scrum are over at the Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel. So it's the Blogboard, one word, Jungle. And um, yeah, so thanks again. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening, those that still listen to this podcast. Again, weekly Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Uh, that's every week. I do that with Matt Hawkins. We have fighters, uh, cut men, doctors, authors, uh, lots of guests on that podcast. And when we don't have anyone, we, uh, you know, we, we throw out our own thing. So, and keep an eye out for my seven takeaways of UFC 246. That should be published on Sunday morning after the event. Um, right now there's a five fights to watch. So outside of the main card, I, uh, looked it up, looked at the card up and down and there's a lot of interesting fights on the card. So don't let the uh, McGregor effect uh, distract from all these other great athletes that are putting it on the line this come Saturday. So thanks again. Good luck and uh, stay healthy.